This podcast is for information purposes only. Nothing should be taken as professional or medical advice or opinion. Please consult your mental health or primary care provider for professional advice. All names and details have been changed to protect the submitter's identity. If you are experiencing an emergency, please dial 911 immediately. Hello, welcome to the How Can I Help You podcast. I'm Rebecca Pitney and I'm a social worker. I discuss topics and answer questions using my 15 years of experience working with families and individuals in crisis. You can email me at howcanihelpyoupodcast at gmail.com or you can connect with me on Facebook or on my website, howcanihelpyoupodcast.weebly.com. Today we have a really special guest, Professor Teddy McVeigh, who is a professor of social work at Our Lady of the Lake University in San Antonio, Texas. She specializes in helping teens and youth and children and their parents. She's also a mom of three. She has a son and a set of twin girls, and she's an author. She has written a book for parents to read to their children called I Know About Germs. So if you have little kids and they have some questions or anxiety about the current coronavirus pandemic, I would really recommend this book. So let's get straight to the interview with Professor Teddy McVeigh. So Ms. McVeigh, we are so glad that you could join us today. You are our first guest that we've ever had on our podcast. And so I'm so happy that we can speak with you about this great book that you've authored. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really impressed with your uh, previous podcast, so I'm super happy to be a part of this. Oh, well, thanks a lot. And so, you know, uh, by the way, I too am an alum of the Warden School, and I attended OLLU when we were stationed in San Antonio um, at Fort San Houston, and that is a great school. I learned uh, uh, so much there. So you must be really proud to be a professor there. Yes, it was an interesting transition to go from student and then work in the field for a few years and be able to return as a professor. It almost feels like you're giving back in a way and it also keeps you sharp. It keeps you on your toes because you have to continue pushing yourself to be able to develop your students. So it's, it's, it's a win, win, win. Absolutely. That's great. So you mentioned that you're a licensed clinical social worker. So what does that actually mean? Yeah, so social work in general is generalist, which means that we kind of prepare to work with any population or age group to provide any variety of services. But people who are specifically interested in working with like issues with mental health or providing more like counseling or therapeutic type services, they'll pursue what's called a clinical license. And that allows them the opportunity to kind of provide those services with that expertise. Wow. Okay. Um, And so do you have a practice specialty or a favorite client or a theory of practice? I've actually developed my career working with at-risk youth. So that initially started working with runaway and homeless youth in California. But since the start of my career, I've started in the social service field in 2003. So it's kind of developed and changed throughout the decades at this point. Um, But I started working with the homeless and runaway youth in California and um, ended up having opportunities to work with youth in rural communities in Mexico and then also with juvenile probation youth in San Antonio, Texas. So kind of spotted around. But right now, the focus of my private practice, I work with a small private 
practice here in San Antonio, and we work largely with families who are involved in child protective services. So it's interesting that while my expertise is at-risk youth, a lot of times right now I'm working with the parents. So it's kind of addressing issues from the other side, which is fun. I'm loving it. You have a lot of really good experience. What do you teach at the university? Sure. So um, Our Lady of the Lake is an online social work program for the master's, for the master's track. So I usually um, get students who are at the very end of their advanced placement curriculum and field placement. I help facilitate their seminar course and help supervise them while they're in field, which is terribly interesting right now because we have done things a certain way for so long. And now, um, starting three terms ago, they changed completely overnight. We've had students who've been looking forward their entire master's curriculum to get that face-to-face contact with clients and being on site with agencies only to be told that they're not allowed to have face-to-face and be on site with their agency. So we've had to really reinvent and recreate how we do field for some of our students. Um, but yeah, mostly that's my focus. Yeah. That, isn't that true? Like, like whenever there's a crisis, we all have to adjust to a new normal and yeah, we're all going through that right now. Okay. So tell us about this book you wrote. I know about germs. Sure. Yes. So just like we were saying how we've kind of had to refigure and um, recreate new systems with these major changes associated with the pandemic, we um, also have those experiences happening with our little people. So for our for, for our particular story with my son, who's four, um, he was having an amazing time with his first year in school in pre-K three. We came home for spring break and all of a sudden the Thursday of spring break, things kind of changed overnight. We had the plan to go to the zoo. We had to cancel the zoo trip. We had plans to do a play date that weekend. We had to cancel the play date and then school didn't come back into action. And then when it did come back, it was virtually on his, on his um, device. And so with that brought up so many questions and anxieties because the answers that were given were based on the information that the grownups had, which wasn't all the information either. And so I started just noticing that my son was very worried and he was very anxious. And I quickly realized he needed a tool to kind of help break down what was the changes he was seeing in his life as a result of the pandemic in a way that was accessible to him. And that was really the foundation for I Know About Germs. Gotcha. So who exactly were you thinking of besides your, your son when you were writing I Know About Germs? Like what was your intended audience? Sure. So initially, I didn't write it for an audience. Initially, I wrote it just for him. I thought it would be a great bonding activity for us. But then as I wrote it, I quickly realized that this might be something that might not only help my son, it might help other parents too. So with that in mind, I made some kind of edits and changes to make it more generalized for kiddos ages like two to eight. So in general, if you have a kiddo between the ages of two to eight, who is worried or curious or confused or angry about some of the changes they're experiencing, as a, re- as a result of the pandemic, this is really a good, a good uh, starting point for them. Oh, that sounds great. So tell us about the main character of the book. Sure. I don't actually have him named in the book, but I have started affectionately calling him Little Science. And so the basic premise or kind of philosophy behind the book is like, instead of being really worried and scared about this novel virus, let's just get refocus that energy into being really charged and excited about science. Because in reality, even for us grownups, we know science is really the answer out of this pandemic, right? We're all waiting patiently for our amazing scientists around the world to kind of give us our 
exit plan so we can get back to life as normal. And so to kind of transition that 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 energy down to something accessible to kiddos. So main character's name is Little Science. It's a little kid um, who is here to teach you everything he knows about science and everything he knows about germs. And he's super excited to tell you about these things. And hopefully that energy will be something that kiddos can relate to and then own as their own voice. I wanted to be very careful to not have it as an adult teaching a kiddo, but as another kid teaching other kids. So then kids could own that information as their own and even the last page of the book is like, don't forget to tell your grownups. So now the kids can leave after reading that story and teach all the grownups in their life. So it's a very empowering kind of voice. Um, so do you think this is kind of a common experience that a lot of kids are having right now? Do you think a lot of them are, are wrestling with some fears or anxiety or confusion about the virus? Yeah, I definitely think it's episodic and it's coming in varying levels. Um, I think that as routine as your life feels, as as much as much as you're able to return back to normal, your kiddos are going to be showing less signs and worries related to the virus. But whenever there's a transition that is kind of caused by the virus creating changes in their life, we're going to see increases in the worry. Like for example, for us, we saw a big influx in worry with my kiddo and then also my clients in practice when virtual schooling started, because then it was no longer this extended spring break. It was like, wow, something big is happening. I can't even go back to school. Why is this happening? Or, oh, wait, I can't have my birthday party anymore. I love having a birthday party. Now people are doing a parade or maybe I'm just doing it with my my, my parents. Um, that might be something that's a big enough change to kind of result in that worry. So I'm thinking that during summer break, we might have seen a little bit of lift in worry and anxiety from some kiddos um, because they're kind of used to staying home from summer. Maybe at this point, they've kind of gotten a little bit more used to having a smaller social circle. Um, but now with back to school coming back up and sports might be looking different and uh, school might be looking different and birthday invitations might be looking different. I think we're going to see a little bit of an increase um, and not only worry and anxiety, but also frustration. Okay. So did the book help? Was it helpful for your son? Oh, it definitely. It helped create a lot of information. Let me tell a little bit of misinformation. Let me tell a little bit about like his thought process. So his thought process was, okay, I'm not allowed to go to school. When kids aren't allowed to go to school, it's because they are sick. So he thought he was sick with the coronavirus. And I didn't realize this for maybe two or three days that my son thought he was sick with this very scary coronavirus. It broke my little heart when I learned it. And so when I was trying to explain to him, no, you're not sick. We are just not seeing family so you don't get sick. Then he thought that that meant that everyone in his family was sick. He thought his yaya was sick. His teacher was sick. Maybe his friends at school were sick. And that's why he had to stay home. So very much so this language needed to be built about reducing risk. So the idea wasn't that he was sick or that his family was sick, but by reducing contact and reducing risk, we're um, increasing everyone's ability to not be sick or to stay safe. And so that was kind of the idea behind that. that that's quite a concept to try to explain to a preschooler. I can see why he would be confused. Prevention so. and harm reduction are complex terms that have been around for a long time in the social work field. So translating that down to kid-friendly language, I think, was executed quite well in the book. So that's exciting. That is exciting. I'm Rebecca Pitney, and today we are talking to Professor Teddy McVeigh. She's a licensed clinical social worker. She's also in private practice, and she's a mom and an author. And she has written this book, I Know About Germs. 
Uh, we're just discussing how to use the book and how it helps children deal with anxiety related to social distancing and the current health pandemic that we're in. So how do you see parents using this book? Sure. So when we're a parent talking to our child, we're one voice and we are arguably the most important voice that a kid will hear. But we're also the one that they're most comfortable challenging because they feel the safest with us. So sometimes it's helpful to reinforce, re reinforce messages by using different voices. Books are a really easy way to do that. So mommy might say something, maybe another grown up close in your life might say something, and then you add a book that's adding another reinforcement of that same message. And even if mommy or your grown up is the one who's reading it, um, it becomes somebody else's voice. And so it's just, like I said, reinforcing that same message, giving it more, um, more of a stronger place in their life. Um, you see this a lot. There's books on everything. There's books on grief. There's books on mindfulness. There's books on getting ready to move. There's books on getting ready to go to the dentist for the first time. So why not have something available for kiddos related to this pandemic? That totally makes sense. And do you have any other pointers about helping your child with anxiety, even if it's not about their health or the pandemic, just kind of in general? Sure. Um, so to kind of reinforce the idea behind the book was that we're going to get really excited about science. So redirecting energy is super, super important because we can spend all this time trying to, to calm a kiddo from this super bad guy, or we can get them really excited about, you know, a super good guy. And so um, redirecting and reinforcing an interest in science is awesome. Um, Something else to be mindful of is that anxiety is kind of a group emotion. It's something that we feel as a collective. And so one evident um, example of that would be if you're watching a lot of news and the news is very like chaos or crisis driven, you'll notice anxiety in yourself increasing in your home. So what was interesting is around the time the pandemic started, we all had a lot of kind of like social crises happening around the country. And so in general, as a country, our anxiety was building and building and building and building. That is going to trickle down to our kiddos, whether we're protecting them from the information flow or not. So um, another way to help your kiddo cope with anxiety is just to be really mindful of where your anxiety is at as a parent, um, remembering that self-care is integral to helping your child also learn self-care. So you guys aren't end up like exponentially increasing each other's anxiety. I know for me, for myself, when I see that my child is hurting or he's anxious, I start to get anxious and I start to hurt too because I don't want him to feel that way. I mean, every parent who has empathy for their child is gonna have a response to where their child is in emotional turmoil. So to really make sure that self-care is happening during that time. Um, so you're able to really kind of be a point of, like a point to a, a focus for your child to return to, like a point of equilibrium. Um, other things are if to kind of just build also too from the philosophy of reading to your kiddos to amplify those those voices and those messages. There are so many books available to help your kiddos like kind of work through anxiety. The first one that we added to my son's library after I know about germs is Breathing Makes It Better. Um, it is by Christopher Willard and Rindy O'Leary. 
And basically it's a book that teaches a child introduction to deep breathing, which it can cause not only your child's mind to become more restful, but actually like helps you go through the physiological steps of deep breathing and teach that to your kiddos. And it's interesting because you as the parent have to like deep breathe as part of reading the book. So you get to calm down too by the time you're done. I am usually yawning by the time I finish that story because it's so relaxing. Um, and I have a list of other books that I've just added to his library um, to kind of help with that as well. That's so cool. Breathing makes it better. That's interesting. And I love how you said anxiety is a group felt emotion. So children are picking up on any of the worry and stress that the adults in their lives are feeling. Yeah. So, so what are the signs that your child is um, experiencing a lot of anxiety? Sure. So kiddos don't often have the language to express to you, mommy, I'm feeling anxious or mommy, I'm feeling worried. The goal is to build to that point. Some of your kiddos, you've been, maybe you've been working on emotional intelligence with them and they're able to articulate that. And some kiddos just developmentally don't know it yet. So we'll notice that sometimes through their behaviors. Um, we might see an increase in clinginess, um, an increase in tantrums, an increase in aggression during play, just a disinterest or frustration in play. We'll see lots of sleep disturbance, for example, bad dreams, not wanting to go to sleep, waking up in the middle of the night, or somatic complaints like, for example, tummy aches, headaches, um, little things like that. If you have a kiddo who's easygoing and uh, kind of go with the flow and pretty self-motivated when it comes to playing um, and that changes, then that's the sign that something is going on. You know your kiddo's norm and where their equilibrium is. Maybe you have a super hyper kiddo who all of a sudden only wants to sit next to you on the couch. Um, when you see a major change like that, that's a time to start asking questions. How are you feeling? What emotion do you think you have? Sometimes if you have a kid, ask a kid, how are you feeling? They're really intimidated to give the answer. So, so what, sometimes I ask the question, if you have to guess, how you might be feeling right now. What would your best guess be? And for some reason, that kind of takes the pressure off kiddos and they're more willing to make guesses on how they might be feeling than tell you how they were initially feeling um, the first time you asked the question. So little things like that might help. It's okay to offer suggestions. Are you worried? Do you think you're mad? Do you think you're disappointed? And just listen. If they say yes to one emotion, don't think that you've nailed it entirely. Continue asking. Go through five eight, 10 emotions and see if, how, what else they articulate to you. So yes, they can, when we think about anxiety as a group emotion, if you have a kiddo who gets really clingy and throws tantrums when they're anxious, that's gonna make you as a parent more anxious because your life just got more difficult. And you guys, if you don't take a minute to kind of pause and figure out what is going on, it's just gonna continue to amplify and exacerbate. And then you guys are both gonna need some self-care. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. So, so you really do have to look at what is the reason behind this behavior that I'm seeing? Yes, yes, exactly. For example, so initially in the, the start of the pandemic, my son was very worried that he was sick. Once we were able to work through that worry, the new worry surfaced that he was worried that his family was sick. Once we worked through that worry, then he thought the coronavirus was just this thing that was like hiding behind doors or hiding behind trees and it was going to jump out at him and catch him. And so we had to work through each of those worries separately. And then once we worked through that, 
all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he became very nervous about bees and mosquitoes and flies and bugs. And it wasn't because he was actually scared of insects. Insects had been just an interest or, or something that he didn't notice his entire life. It was because that was how he was visualizing the coronavirus was like this little bug that was flying around the world that he couldn't see. And since he couldn't be scared of that, then he must be, have to be, he transferred it over to insects. So now we, we worked through all of that in the spring. I know about germs really kind of helped create that, that piece for him. Um, now that we're heading to school and, and, and social distancing has continued, now we're less into worry and more into frustration and disappointment. So he's learning how to identify those feelings, verbalize those feelings, and we're able to kind of talk through those as well. Yeah. So, so you're giving him tools to use so that he feels more empowered and control is kind of what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, and every parent can do this. Um, I think that I kind of had a little bit of a guide as as a, as a social worker, but parents have intuition when it comes to their kid. You know when something is off. So the key is just recognizing that you yourself need to take a moment to take pause so you can lower your anxiety, kind of decrease your frustration because we're tired and we're overwhelmed and we're anxious too. Um, and then take a minute to ask your kiddo and be patient because sometimes they can't articulate how they're feeling. It has taken a while for him to be able to use words like disappointment, disappointed and frustrated. Maybe you have a kiddo who's able to use those words right away. Um, but adding these kind of books um, to your library and make them part of your regular reading um, can kind of help um, accelerate that learning process. And then once your kid starts articulating to you what's going on, then you can start problem solving based on what you know works for your kid. Second is we don't have to worry about getting rid of anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion that all humans feel. And just like happiness, sometimes your happiness lasts a day, sometimes it lasts 10 days, same for anxiety. Sometimes anxiety might last one day, sometimes it might last 10 days. So we don't need to worry about speeding them through their emotion. We need to focus more on letting them kind of safely express it and give them tools. For example, when, when, when you're disappointed, I don't want you to throw your toys. When you're disappointed, you can come tell mommy, mommy, I'm disappointed, I need some cuddles. And you can sit on my lap and you cuddle. But throwing your toys is gonna get you a timeout every single time. Like you can kind of redirect what they're doing during the time of that emotion. If you start to see it impacting their functioning, which means that they are no longer doing well in school, or they're no longer able to eat or play or take care of themselves, or they're no longer able to sleep, when you're noticing it impacting their functioning, that means it's become a slightly bigger deal. And when it's become a slightly bigger deal, you can always reach out for help. You can start with the pediatrician, see what the pediatrician recommends. You can always reach out to a mental health provider for yourself to get advice um, as a parent or bring your kiddo in to get some sessions. Right now, almost all providers um, are, have a telehealth option available, which means you can see them virtually um, over the phone. And if, and depending on your city, you may have in-person services available as well. Um, Right now, what we have seen a huge increase in is online resources because overnight our world kind of went virtual. And so we've seen some really great agencies kind of step up to make things available for parents online. The leader in that, of course, was the CDC since they were really kind of helping kiddos, um, helping parents have tools available for their kiddos um, related to the pandemic. Um, I want to kind of give a shout out, if it's okay, to the San Antonio Public Library here in our city. They, um, they host um, 
I know about Germs Fair reading and we did a panel with parents and they created this amazing guide. Um, I don't know if you were able to like link it or um, it's um, guides.my San Antonio Public Library, which is S-A-P-L and here, slash here for you slash COVID underscore children. Um, and basically it's a list of books available to deal with stress or worry or frustration. Um, information related to germs, um, information related to um, back to school and social distancing, and there's little vignettes and handouts, and it's a lot of really great resources. So going online and doing your research that way can help too. Well, we will definitely put a link to that on my website, um, as well as a link to your book, I Know About Germs. And um, where can parents get the book, and how much does it cost? Sure. Um, we really wanted to keep it affordable because we really our, our main goal was to make sure that it was accessible to anybody who needed it for their kiddos. So we have an ebook option available on Amazon. I think it's like $3.99. So that's for families who just need something really quick and really fast because their kiddo it just is needing that support. We also have um, the paperback edition available. It's for less than $10 on Amazon. If you are interested in getting a signed copy from me, you can um, direct message me on Instagram. My handle is at mommy's bear, M-O-M-E-A-S-E underscore bear. And you can DM me, DM me your kid's name and I will sign it. I'll send you a PayPal invoice and then you can have a signed copy as well. Oh, okay. We'll definitely put that link on the website. So remember that website is how can I help you podcast dot weebly.com. So Professor McVeigh, what else are you doing or what else have you done? And do you have anything else coming up in the works for you and writing? Sure. So um, Mommy's Bear, which was the handle I, I um, shared earlier for the for the book I know about germs, is really um, the name of my blog. When I became a parent four years ago, I noticed myself obsessively researching every topic that was related to motherhood. I felt like that was just how I coped with becoming a new parent, was just researching, researching, researching. And I thought, you know, maybe other parents might like this information or might like the this, this kind of collection of data. So I created a blog called Mommy's Bear and um, we have a Facebook group and then also an Instagram page. And I, through my Instagram, I link to a blog that's hosted through Blogger. And basically um, it's just information related to parenthood. It's kind of changed over time as my interests have changed. So initially the blog was really related to like holistic treatments and, and um, remedies for kiddos. Like what could coconut oil do for my baby? Um, when is it okay to use Tylenol? When is it not okay to use Tylenol versus teething tablets or um, an amber necklace? You know, just kind of really trying to become more familiar with those options. And then over time, um, over time it's really kind of morphed into what does it mean to be a parent in our current social culture? So much is happening right now. I happen to be a parent of biracial children. My kids are non-passing children of color. And when we think about this time of Black Lives Matter and um, everything that is going on with representation, it really makes you take a mindful eye to that as a parent. And um, that's one of the reasons why the main character of I Know About Germs is modeled after my son. So it's a it's a kid of color and a scientific role. So other little kiddos who, um, want to also learn about the pandemic can see a child that looks like them. So yeah, so I, I have my blog <laughs> that keeps me pretty busy on Instagram posting content or um, writing new features or featuring other parents who want to um, 
add as well. And then I have a trilogy in the works with our publisher that should be coming soon. That's exciting. You are so busy. So, you know, and I was thinking as you were explaining about your blog, how we were talking about anxiety is a group felt emotion. So if the parents are feeling anxious, the kids are going to feel anxious. So what I think one of the best ways for parents to cope with their own anxiety is to get support. And so if you, if you can reach out, if you can get more information, if you can connect with other parents out there that are kind of in the same stage of life as you are, then you feel more empowered, you feel less anxious, and then that will trickle down to the kids. Exactly. And so the Facebook group is really a community where moms can interact with each other. The other day we had a parent who was like, my four month old is teething. I don't know what to do. And all the other more senior moms just popped on and was like, I did this or I did that. And really interesting solutions that I would not have been able to come up with by myself or just calling my mom on the phone. So it was cool to have that community for other people. And then when we think about the Instagram account, it's a lot of like that visual connecting and storytelling that we get through posting pictures and posting stories. And then the blog itself is very much so like a readership where we're featuring either um, an article that I have written or an article that somebody else has written for sure. That is great. And it's so important. All right. So everyone, I just want you to remember the book is called I Know About Germs written by Professor Teddy McVeigh. And it is available um, at Kindle. It's very affordable. And we love those affordable resources. So thank you so much, Professor McVeigh, for being on with us and for taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule to tell us all about this. And um, I really appreciate all your input. Oh, it's been an honor to be here. Um, when I first ran across your blog, I was so impressed by the quality of your content. I was like, oh my God, it would be a dream to be able to be a part of this. So thank you for making it available. I also wanted to, to say thank you to the illustrator of I Know About Germs, which is Noel de la Mora. He really turned around some really great and, and cute images that um, really would uh, your children would respond well to in a super short time period because we wanted to make this available to kiddos as fast as possible. And then I also wanted to give Give an extra special shout out to our publisher, which is Oris Books Press. Um, they really took this on as a charity project. All proceeds are donated back within the publishing agency and all of my author proceeds are also donated back and to make sure that other books and resources can be available in the future. Well, that's so cool. And he is so cute in that book. You guys have to see this book. The, the, the illustrations of this little guy is just adorable. So I, I agree. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I know you have a lot of clients booked this afternoon. So hopefully we can collaborate it again next time. What a great discussion. And there are some really good tips in that podcast about how to help your child with anxiety in general. So definitely check out the resources on my website. Remember, it's howcanihelpyoupodcast.weebly.com. If you have a question or a comment, you can always email me or connect with me on Facebook. My email is howcanihelpyoupodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to thank Professor McVeigh for coming on our podcast and sharing her expertise and her experience with us. I'd also like to thank my producer, Mary Ellen Pitney, for making this podcast possible, and you, the listener. I really appreciate you. And until next time, stay safe and have a great day.